Oh my goodness. Alright. I'm alive. I am alive. Oh my god. Ooh. Long day. <laughs> no. Short day. <laughs> oh yeah, um, you had today off, right? Yeah, but I like stayed up really late yesterday and like didn't I like was editing um someone's wedding. So I'm like, uh let me just try to get this done. So I stayed up until like maybe three or four. That's a lot. Yeah. But then I like went to bed, I think at three something. And then I woke up at five, naturally played on my phone for forever. Yeah. And then I think it was maybe like maybe nine ish. Nine ish, ten ish, and I was like, eh, I'm just gonna take a nap. So I took a nap, woke up at twelve, and then my friend was texting me about uh going to the Dan Flavin um installation uh at the Manil. Fancy. And I live right down the street from that, so I'm like, yeah, sure. You live by the Manila? Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you not know? <laughs> I didn't know that you live so fucking okay. close now. So, I don't, I'm no longer with Zach. Oh. So that was four months ago, three or four months ago, we broke up, and I moved from Katie into town. I didn't know you lived then, in town. Yes, I live a block from the Manila. We were literally over there like a month ago. Josh oh. wanted to go see a. He wanted to go watch one of their lectures on Greek painted pottery. Oh, cool! Which was actually really interesting. Yeah, I didn't know they have like. Well, I know that they do, but I just never know when they have all of these like little talks or chats or whatever, meeting the artist and blah blah blah. I like recently followed their or signed up for their like email blast thing. Which, the only emails I've gotten, I think, have been for fundraisers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the Manil. So I'm like, okay. I just think it's so interesting that literally the Manil collection is all just some ladies, like, yeah, collected art Yeah, artifacts. it's just some ladies' stuff. She's like, hey, I need a closet for my stuff. I mean, she basically bought a building as a closet. Pretty much. She got all kinds of stuff in there. Good for her. They had the first thing that she had in her collection in there. Oh, what was it? It was a coin. Oh. It was a um it was a Greek coin uh with a horse and uh a depiction of a fertility goddess. Okay. On uh the other side. Okay. And then I guess we all start somewhere. I mean I don't know. Do you think she had a lot of friends? I'm sure she did. Like, an interesting person. Do you think she had a lot of friends when she was, like, in elementary school? I don't know. How am I supposed to know about this woman's life? I don't know. I just imagine she, like, growing up, she was always kind of weird and quirky. Probably. But then someone met her and was like, Holy shit, you have all of this stuff? Um, I would be interested to know, like, what her actual life story is. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's somewhere, like, of course I'm sure the family itself had oodles and oodles of money. And then that's how she was able to, you know, maneuver. Oh, rich people. 
hello, 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 and welcome to Better Left Unsaid. Welcome, welcome. Um, today I am pleased to be joined by my friend Danny. Hi. Hi, Miss Thing. Hi. I'm here. I've arrived. <laughs> Mother has arrived. Get it, BB. Okay. So I'm supposed to tell the embarrassing story now. I mean, right? yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You. Uh, I tis, mean, it's not this big story. Um, tis a tradition. So today, I had my friend Andrew come over, and we were supposed to walk over to the Manail. And uh, we went to the Dan Flavin installation um, that's there held in a 1930s uh, grocery store, or used to be a grocery store, um, in the heat. Bougie. In the heat, which was not fun. Um, We figured there was no parking or no, because it was going to be so busy. And there's literally nobody there. Nobody was there. And the, the parking lot that they have for that is just fucking massive, so... We clowned ourselves and walked all the way over there. <laughs> um, but after we went to that, um, I haven't been to the Roscoe Chapel in a really long time. And we walked over there. And I was outside and I was like, oh, let's sit down for a little bit because I don't think you can use your phone inside. And he was like, oh, I think you can use your phone inside. And I was like, okay. Um, well, okay, well, we can go inside then. So we go into the chapel. And then this is somebody that I'm not going to see here and like, maybe a month from now he'll be gone he'll be living in denver um so i've just been like thinking to take pictures like while we're out or like selfies and things like that yeah um because i'm a sentimental person anywho um i like lifted my phone opened the camera and took a couple pictures while we were inside the chapel and i'm like i still don't think this is allowed (laughs) hello google (laughs) shut up (laughs) anywho I picked up my phone uh, to take a couple pictures, and um, someone immediately, <laughs> immediately came over. He was like, you can't take pictures in here. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. So we, like, sat there for a little bit, because we didn't want to just, like, immediately leave and get, like, be scared away, but um, he moved closer to me, and then we were kind of, like, looking at each other, and we're like, mm, maybe we should go. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, we, like, hightailed it out of there after that, and then walked back. But he had a, a happy hour to get to. He had just finished his uh, internship for a music therapy program. So Cute. Very proud of him. Um, so he was on his way to a happy hour that they were throwing for him. But uh, yeah, he's going to take his boards and pass that and move to Denver and work up there. We were looking at um, potential apartments and stuff like that for him yesterday. Okay. But yeah, that's um, my long-winded embarrassing story. I mean, literally everything about this podcast is long-winded, so, <laughs> so no shame there. Okay. Um, that's cute, though, art therapy. Literally, music, music therapy. Or music therapy. Music literally, therapy. I was thinking art therapy just because Josh wants to, or he has thought about doing mm-hmm. art therapy, mm-hmm. um, which I always think is super neat. Oh, yeah. Anything with the arts and, like, leading into medicine is always very interesting. So it's been interesting to get to know, not only get to know Andrew, but, like, what he does. Mm-hmm. And, like, how how he's able to help people in, you know, doing what he does. Yeah. So. I mean, also on the note of moving to Denver, I want to move so bad. Out of the state? Yes. 
Yeah, it's getting a little warm here. Because, like, you know, as if the temperature wasn't enough, the fire and brimstone is, Yeah, exactly. Is, uh, it's getting a little heavy here. It's it's a little hot and heavy and not in a good way. Yeah, I feel like in the next two years, if there's not, like, a... I think a lot of people are just going to give up. Like, a lot of younger people or people our age are just going to... Like, how do we... How do we do this? How do we keep pushing, you know, pushing back? Um, so I think in the next two years, if a Democratic governor is not elected, we're just we're just kind of shit out of luck here. Yeah. Because it's, it's, the, it's the queer and brown people and women that they're just, they're coming for us. Fully. Yeah. News that I found out today. Because mm-hmm. uh, I grew up just south of Houston, mm-hmm. south of East, um, in a little town called Friendswood, mm-hmm. uh, which um, people were commenting on several Facebook posts calling it Hatewood. Hatewood. Because they had announced the Grand Marshal for the 4th of July parade, who was this Friendswood High School alum. I did not know her. Mm-hmm. She was probably closer to my brother's age honestly mm-hmm. um who was a marine mm-hmm. a professional soccer player mm-hmm. and a lesbian uh-huh. and literally people from the town conservatives were calling her with death threats oh my god so suffice to say she is no longer the grand marshal of the Friendswood Parade and the city uh, commerce were literally like, yeah, um, y'all done fucked up because now there's not going to be a Grand Marshal. And I'm just like, literally, that is that's y'all's... Just, that's just not... That's y'all's, that's y'all's like solution to the problem no, is be like, we're going to punish you no, by still having the parade, yeah, but no. they're not being a grand marshal. I'd be like, no. No, bitch, cancel the whole thing, and yeah. whatever the budget was that year for that, you donated to, like, an LGBTQ cause. Like, to be like, hey, fuck you. As correct as that would be, it's also Friendswood, hashtag Hatewood, yeah. um, that, like... I'm sure half of the board had some podunk cousins that were part of the sending her death threats. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. It's somewhere in there. Like, literally, literally, on my way to go to my parents' house, I have to go through a street where someone has had uh, several Trump signs. Mm -hmm. They still have a Trump flag. Or they did have a Trump, like, 20... 20 flag Mm -hmm. that they had up for a good like two years that is now a let's go brandon flag i never like looked into that what is that it's just stupid that's what it is it's literally them being like oh we're gonna be sneaky and instead of saying you know vote for trump we're gonna say let's go brandon like it was like a meme that they made that became like an inside joke that everybody knows about, so it's not funny. That's cringy. And it's... so, I said there was this girl on TikTok who was like, "Yeah, I knew this kid in college. His name was Brandon something or other, um, but he was like an amateur rapper, 
and then he died. And so she created a she created a donation site mm-hmm. and basically bought out the name Let's Go Brandon to try and <laughs> so anytime anybody would say Let's Go Brandon as a Trump supporter, she'd be like, Oh my gosh, yeah, I love that little rapper. So. Yeah. No, the whole thing is wild and crazy and cringy. Um, my day was interesting, though. Mm-hmm. Well, mainly this morning, just because Josh has been teaching me how to drive standard. Oh, God. Um, and it's all fun and games until uh, I end up stalling out in the middle of Pierce Elevated. How many lanes is that? It's like four. But I literally stalled out in a merge lane. Oh. That's not fun. I am surprised that no one honked at me. Yeah, I think I have to learn stick eventually. Because my dad wants to either give me or sell me his, like, he's like a little BMW that he bought off of the dealership um, for on the low. So, but they don't use it. He doesn't like joyride in it, obviously, because gas is just so fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, but the AC in my car has gone out, so we're just we're just not thriving in oh, this no. in the Texas heat and summer. So instead of maybe paying the value of the car in order to get the AC fixed, I'm like, mm, just give me that car, please. Like, but even then, the back window on that vehicle needs to be replaced, which it's a BMW, so. It's just, probably going to be fucking expensive. You just need to get those little, like, gas station fans that came with, like, the spray gun. Oh, God. So you just sit there as you're driving and, like, spray yourself. On my hand, yeah, on my hand to work. You get to work and you're just drenched. Yeah, I mean, even if it is sticking, I have to, like, kind of teach myself. Um, I, don't, I don't live very far from where I work, so I just don't think I would have an issue. Yeah. I mean, you're, so, you do photography, mm-hmm. and then you also I am do, a leasing agent yeah, leasing. for a larger management company, so that's fun, in apartment buildings. Yeah. So, I just recently moved from Katy into Montrose, so I moved jobs from Katy into Montrose, um... I moved first, and then I secured the position in this other building, but it's just a different, it's just a different beast altogether, running this building. I mean, you're part of a team. Yeah, it's uh, me and three other people, which uh, this office is, well, in both offices, it was just me and three other people, but uh, it's all ladies. So there's somebody who sits next to me, does the same job that I do. Um, an assistant manager and a property manager. Sounds like a lot. It is a lot. Because it's... I mean, how many units do y'all have? Uh, old building was 372. This current building is 304. So, but it's just, like, more high maintenance down here. So, like, people are expecting, obviously, the service and the, uh, the building to be, like, on point. So, like... And it's a different style of building. So trash chutes, clean elevators, air-conditioned hallways, 
the pool, the gym, the club room space, a sky lounge, like all of that stuff needs to be like clean 24 seven tip top, like all the time in order for these people to not pull the, like I pay, you know, X amount of dollars to live here, which we understand you pay X amount of dollars to live here. And you know, all of that's being used to like better the building. Right. In, what would you say in defense of like, because a lot of times, especially when uh, all the times that I have done apartment searches, mm-hmm. I end up looking at reviews where they're like, everything's a problem and management doesn't do anything. <laughs> Every, uh, my, I mean, my apartment came caught on fire and management fixed it three days later or, or some crazy shit. I would say that most people who leave reviews are not like willing to like kind of work and handle the things like in the office. Mm. And then you have to understand that the contract is written in a way where it's like, it's a reasonable timeline. So like if we, if your apartment catches on fire or something like a remediation company needs to come out, but yeah, your fire happened, you know, a couple days ago, we immediately call and schedule it or, you know, when it's whenever they can come out. Yeah. So like my team cannot go in and fix your apartment because it has fire damage. It needs to be looked at by a specialist. So people get upset that, you know, the time that they have to wait for something like that to be fixed, like the elevators or a giant hole in the wall or, you know, a, a bigger or larger leak, you know, it's a drywall person. It's a plumbing person. It's a person who actually specializes in elevators. Right. It's like all of these other people that help run the building but they're all third parties. Like the building isn't, doesn't have like 60 different people who do all of the things that, you know, would need to be done in order to, you know, construct the building up and down or like repair the building physically. We're there to run the building as it is built. Yeah. Not put it back together when something bad happens. Like physically, we arrange all of those things for you, but we cannot do those things for you. Right. Um, you know, worst things that I've seen have just been, like, um, things like that, like trash, or, um, how rent is collected when problems happen, like, uh, like a flood, or, like, a, the system is down, or just whatever. Like, it's just, there's a multitude of things that somebody could complain about. Um, and we can't control, like, the other people, like, how people live exactly. Yeah. Other than the fact that you chose to live in a multifamily setting. So it's like, there is somebody above you. There is somebody below you. There is somebody next to you. Like, all of those people have lives just like you do, you know. And between the hours of 10 and 10, they are allowed to live their lives. Like, it is where excessive noise happens. Is that where management can step in and go and visit, you know, during office hours sometimes. Stand in your apartment, you know, somebody's stomping around. Um, You can go and sit in the apartment and, like, and just like this, and if, you know, Josh is upstairs right now, but if he was jumping around, I could leave this room, go up there and be, knock on the door and be like, hey, you know, as a member of management, I can deem, you know, what you're doing is excessive noise. So right. if you could kind of like cut that shit out, that'd be great. Like same thing with like guitars or drum sets or loud music or, you know, whatever it might be, screaming, fighting, domestic disputes, like knocking on the door hey you know it's not just that person complaining it's like i was down there for at least 15 minutes and this has gone on too long right so it needs to stop i i don't know i think i have dealt with 
enough bad apartment shit mm-hmm. because I've never lived in one of those larger mm-hmm. buildings. Your last apartment was like very, very like I don't know how to put like that building itself. One, the area was not amazing, and the rent that you pay there, the price points, it's like those people who can afford to live there are not necessarily like flush with cash. Right. You know? They're not rolling around in a bend. Sort of it's, you're getting what you paid for. Correct. It's like, yeah. and that's the thing, like you get what you can afford. And the people who can also get what they afford in that area, it's all like a certain bracket of jobs, a certain, right. you know, bracket or demographic of people. Not to break into, like, are they brown, are they Asian, are they white, are they purple, are they, you know, are they old, are they young, are they married, are they not, like... Honestly, I think living there, most of them were, like, med students. And that's possible, and that's the thing, like, people around around that area, it breaks down a demographic, is you were near the med center. Yeah. People who work for, like, or get into that industry, like, the first two years... You're never fucking home. You're never home. So why the fuck are you going to pay for a crazy nice apartment or even a medium nice apartment if you're never fucking home or you're always on call? There's literally a room at the hospital where you can sleep, get back up, and go to your next shift. Like, there are rooms. I think my biggest issue was just when my apartment flooded a couple times. A couple times. A couple times. <laughs> a couple times. It's just because there was some Where sort was of, I for this? There was some sort of clog. Uh-huh. And so anything that my upstairs neighbor would put down the sink would come up in my sink. Correct. Because you were on the first floor. So and then that would for eventually... I don't know why they put back. so much shit down the sink. Correct. So that would be on management to inform the residents above, you know, that, hey, there's a laundry list of things that are not supposed to go down the drain. Like, there is a disposal, but it does not mean to put, like, whole fucking vegetables down that bitch. Or, like, coffee grounds or, you know, paint or, you know... Uh, chemicals or anything like that because it all winds up in the first floor like i can't complain too much though because it kind of worked out in my favor because you're able to get out of the lease no i Mm. probably could have though yeah i i had i sent letters and done all that oh yeah i'm sure they would have let you out then they would have let me out but um whenever i first got Bo, he had severe 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 separation anxiety yeah like to the point where he would try to break out of his kennel yeah, and hurt himself, hurt himself doing it. I remember that. Um, yeah. I remember just coming home and there being blood all over the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the process of him breaking out, he tore a massive hole in the carpet. Oh, I was there for that. Bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And I so that. I had to like cut a square out. So going into the bedroom was just... An empty patch of just concrete. I remember that. I was Um, there for that. My apartment started flooding Mm -hmm. from the sink in the kitchen. Uh Uh-huh. Like, it'd just overflow and then, like, pour in out of the kitchen and into the living room. Yeah. Through the wall? Nope. Or just... It would come up in sink and then just overflow onto the counters. (laughs) It literally... This is why I say I don't know what they were doing upstairs. Uh Uh-huh. It's literally like it just never occurred to them as a problem. Uh-huh. Did you have di- did you have dishwashers in that apartment? Yeah. 
That's why. So typically the dishwasher and the line for the sink in the kitchen is connected. Yeah. So like, even if they just fucking like start up the dishwasher and walk out of the kitchen, like it's running, running, running. And then when it's done with that water, it's flushing like multiple gallons of water. Oh yeah. Down the drain and into your apartment. Well, those multiple gallons of water, uh, filled my kitchen dining room and part of my living room oh my god um so so i'm literally like i go in one day half of my apartment is literally flooded yeah and i'm just like i call them and i'm just like hey yeah this is an emergency yeah um i can't live here yeah like right now so they put me in like one of their show apartments Uh uh-huh and they replace the entire carpet mm-hmm. throughout the entire place. Yeah, and that's including stuff the, the one whole, in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, so that you didn't lose your deposit over it. But yeah, um, stuff like that is like those resources we have. Like, yeah. if you have something like that happen, and it's not like wall damage, we can get the carpet people out here. Like, it can happen in a couple days. It's realistic. Yeah. Um, but like wall damage and stuff like that takes a long time. But yeah, it was like that, and then the apartment that I lived at before I actually moved in here, mm-hmm. uh, there was a bug problem. E. Like not the big old cockroaches. Well, the little ones are the so the big cockroaches. Everybody listening, the big roaches you cannot get rid of them. There is no, like, there is no rhyme or reason to getting rid of the larger roaches in Texas. They live in the trees. They're tree roaches. They don't, and they don't like come inside to reproduce or anything like that. Right. They come to get resources and they dip. The small ones, those want to live in the house. Like that, when you see little ones, that is a problem. When you see big ones, kill it and get it, throw it outside. Indeed. Um, also about the tree roaches, they only really eat fiber, fibrous mm-hmm. things. So mm-hmm. they'll like eat your cardboard, mm-hmm. but they're not going to, you know, go eat through your garbage and eat your meat mm-hmm. or anything like that. Oh, They're yeah. really not that gross. Yeah. They look gross, but they as far as gross. like compared to other insects, the really or like rats and stuff, they're really not that gross. Uh-huh. Um they Josh carry, Josh like, hates diseases, don't they? The big roaches? Yeah. Oh, really. Well, mm-hmm. fact check that audience. I uh, where yeah, are the, let where us are the diseases? know. Do do giant uh tree roaches carry, carry diseases. diseases? Um but they were little roaches. That's gross. They were little roaches, and they were there from literally day one. Ooh. Like, the see? moment I moved in. Which, yeah. I had I had put down, like, smokers and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, they had... I had contacted them so many times. Mm-hmm. Ended up sending them a letter about it. Yeah. Like, with the whole mail, like express mail tracking yeah so so you can tell that they got it so i could tell that they got it and they responded within like two days and what's funny is they were i'd been trying to solve this problem for a good four or five months uh-huh. and they called me and they're like hey did you send this letter and i'm like it has my name on it yes yeah. i sent it uh-huh. And they were like, oh, we didn't know this was such a big problem for you. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Do I need to go through the fix-it requests of, like, 
all the work orders and everything. Like the the five different work orders for yeah. insects. Like yeah. I couldn't cook. I couldn't. Ugh. I could not. I couldn't do anything in there. Because you're just like any activity in there. It's just like riling them up. They just come out fully. That's crazy. No, um, when I was looking for an apartment recently, before I made the move from Katie to Montrose, um, I looked with uh, a great locator. Her name is Kristen. Um, hi, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Um, she took me to a couple different places, but I was like trying to obviously the first apartment downtown. I was like, I don't care, dirt. Let like let's look at something dirt cheap. So I looked at something that was like nine fifty. And it was a single studio, or there was a couple of them that were, like, single studio apartments. Um, walk in. The living room was basically the bedroom. There was, like, a weird area for, like, the kitchen. Uh, sorry. For the restroom on the way to the closet, closet storage. It just is a weird layout. Mm. Anywho, looked at a couple of those, but every one that I went to, it seemed like smaller management companies, they don't, like, they'll do pest control. But they will not come back out and have somebody clean the apartment to clean up dead bugs or anything like that. Yeah. So when you go to walk it, they're just fucking everywhere. So it's like, I know that this is like, I work in the industry. I know that this is what it is. But I also know, everyone at home, that roaches eat roaches. I mean, yeah. Roaches will come back and eat roaches. So it's like, even if they, like, once that stuff starts to wear off, if nobody's been in that apartment for like... 10, 20 days, that stuff is wore off, the bugs keep coming. Yeah. Because there's dead bugs all over the floor. No. So I walked into a couple different places, open cabinets, and, like, even though, you know, there was dead bugs and they had sprayed eventually, like, or passed in the past, opening up cabinets, they're still fucking everywhere. I'm like, oh, my God, no, never. Yeah. No. She's like, yeah, maybe we will look at something that's, like, a little bit more expensive because the... Property management company is just, like, a little bit more involved. Like, if they know that they're not making, like, a bunch of rent off of this apartment, they're probably not going to plug in the resources or follow up on things of the way that they need to. Well, and, I mean, any, any you know, vacancies that last a longer amount of time is just a larger amount of lost income that they would be making. Yes. But you think, though, because with that mentality you would, not only would you be advertising, you would be making sure that the unit that anybody's going to walk is spotless. Mm -hmm. If it has a bug problem, you're spraying, you're in there like two weeks from then, and you're cleaning everything to make sure that that problem doesn't come back. You're rescheduling pest control for them to come in. It's a vacant apartment. Who the fuck is there? They don't have to wait on anybody to come and unlock it. Like, give them a code, they unlock it, they spray. And, you know, the cycle just keeps continuing until somebody moves into it, and then it's their problem. Right. You know? Even if there's, like, an infestation or anything crazy, it's, like, you've done everything needed. You know, an infestation in the building, that needs to be handled with, obviously, the whole building or each unit individually. Well, Letting then, everybody, but not everyone's going to, as management, not everyone's going to, like, come to you and say, like, hey, we're having this bug problem in this other unit, and we just want to make sure we're not having it in yours, and then, like, we're going to check in with the people upstairs, because it just sounds like you're spreading this, like, everyone's got bugs. That's the thing, too, though, mm-hmm. is... My apartment was fairly clean. Mm-hmm. Like, there was... I was not and that's creating a reason. It's not you. That's, yeah, I was not creating not a reason for them to be there. Uh-huh. So I knew for a fact someone I lived around... Yes. ...was disgusting. Yes. 
And sometimes that's like, in the day and age that we live in, the people next to you or the people above you, they may just be like very out of touch, like and very, like they work all the time. They come home mm-hmm. with their fast food, they eat, they literally leave that fast food everywhere and then they go to bed. Like that's, I have seen it. I've walked, up, I have walked apartments where somebody lives like that. They just like, they are living that like. American dream. That disposable, <laughs> that very disposable, like, lifestyle. Like, yeah. All that trash just sits on the countertop until they have, like, a week off, a day off. Or, you know, they get sick of it enough or see enough that they just, like, pay someone to come and clean it. But some people just live like that the whole time that they're there. So they're used to, they won't even blink when they go into the kitchen, flip, flip the switch on, and there's, like, a family of roaches, you know, tap dancing on the countertop. That's normal for them. That's I think, normal. I think that was always the worst part, especially living there towards the end. Mm-hmm. Is like turning on the because at a certain point I was basically living here. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I would turn on the switch and I just see them scatter. Exactly. And I'm just no. like, just no. PTSD. But no, honestly, I was so close to calling animal control on my downstairs neighbors uh-huh. until they ended up moving. Because they had, like, a bulldog mm-hmm. downstairs that they'd keep sort of on Leaving the on the patio. They'd leave him on the patio all day long. Don't leave your he dog would, on the patio, folks. He would shit and pee. And so going up to my apartment was like walking through a dog's pooper bag. Yeah. Like, literally, it was just shit and pee smells constantly that's gross and i'm just like what the fuck is wrong with yeah, you that's the thing people having that problem approach the office tell them that there's a dog on the patio or just call animal control like you were yeah. thinking of because they'll come out and cite that person or they'll just take the dog yeah and i'm very much like fuck i got bit in the face by a dog yeah i'm still like yeah i literally was fine at the hospital until they mentioned animal control and I started sobbing because mm-hmm. I was like, please don't kill this dog. He was just afraid of me. Exactly. Like, I I very much care about dogs. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and we've seen a couple of those things just like working. Working people will get like new puppies or this or that and they like don't know. They don't want to take the time to potty train them. Right. Before they bring them into a fully carpeted apartment. So it's like, you're not doing the work. And then you're punishing the the animal by, like, letting them just be on the balcony and, like... like and fully sit in their own filth. That, too. It's disgusting. Like, and it's like, just so sad. You're just a disgusting person if you do that. Right. Just, like, what the fuck business do you have having a dog if you cannot... Take it out and walk it and, like, build it into your life and schedule. Like, a dog is basically a child. They very much struck me as the type of people who got a COVID dog. Yeah, that's that's not helping anybody. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, literally all the dogs that were returned after, like, shutdowns ended and people realized that they couldn't take care of a fucking dog. Uh, It's just fucking wild. Um, yeah, some people just can't take care of themselves, so they have right. no business trying to take care of an animal. For real, though. Yeah. For real, though. Yeah, that's why I don't have a fucking dog. 
I do not have a dog or a cat. Because you can't take care of yourself? Cause I, no, because I can take care of... Fuck you. I, <laughs> I have no fucking business. I have no fucking business trying to take care of a dog when I want to travel or go to the bars or, you know, go across town and hook up with some boy, like, there and just not have, like, an X on the, you know, start a timer, basically, on, like, hey, my animal is at home alone without me. Like, or they, I haven't fed, you know, or go from somewhere from work, immediately from work, and not be, you know, knowing that I haven't been there since the morning, and having that animal be by themselves. Like, I could just live without that right like you can live just without that existence of an animal at your house like what is what's so bad about that just don't fucking have a pet just don't yeah i mean i have two dogs and i love them dearly and i know before i met josh Bo has seen a number of uh naked strangers in my my life Um, but I mean, Josh got Nimbus right, uh, as COVID started and then he instantly got COVID. So So that was, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I took him for one week because that was like, that was like the week where he literally could not move. Yeah. Oh yeah. COVID's not fun. (coughs) Goodness. Um, yeah, that was the week that he literally couldn't move. And, uh, so I took him for that week, but like prior to that, we would go stand outside, uh, in like the grassy area and just mm-hmm. let the dogs play. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, at that time, Nimbus was a little bitty puppy. Little bitty. He was so tiny. Mm-hmm. He was so cute. And Bo was, you know, the older dog. So we had hoped that Bo would knock him down a little bit yeah. and be like hey i'm the alpha yeah um which is funny because inside the house nimbus is the alpha mm-hmm. nimbus just kind of walks all over Bo. Mm-hmm. the moment they get outside mm-hmm. if we let them off leash Bo will knock nimbus on his ass so fucking quick like fully peg him to the ground and be like you done yeah um i love my dogs though uh but yeah it like if it's like sort of intro to having a child if you're if you are not ready to have a dog you sure as fuck aren't ready to have anything else also who wants a child right now like in this day and age in this, this, in this economy in, in this economy <laughs> no no children never never ever no i want them eventually whenever it stops being fucking hellscape which like is not gonna happen whenever children stop being sold oh my gosh literally here's the thing fostering and adopting children all that shit is needlessly expensive yeah for sure it is needlessly expensive and if it's... it really that's the thing too is a vast majority of children who are adopted are infants like the babies Mm -hmm. they are adopted from people who are giving birth with the intention of yeah giving up their kid Mm -hmm. um there are so many more kids in the system or kids that uh you know the adoption falls through 
all that stuff and all those kids are just sort of fucked in the system in the limbo of the system you know awful awful uh, bureaucracy yeah I believe it plus it's Texas so it's like anybody that's like a single person who has the means to support a child or uh let alone like a queer person by themselves a queer couple like i believe it's probably just a longer more more gruesome process to try to make that happen well and you know thanks to the texas gop it won't be a process anymore yeah uh i don't know if you read any of that their permanent 2022 platform oh i did i read some of that stuff literally a shit show and literally one of them was like yeah we want to make sure that uh, adoption will be for either either heterosexual single parents or couples so they would rather have a single person who is heterosexual adopt a child than a gay couple yeah which just baffles me I mean, it doesn't surprise me. None of that oh, stuff yeah, surprises no. me. I read all that stuff and was like, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's about right. We're kind of just like all sitting in the lobby of like Greg Abbott's like doom volcano. <laughs> that's like where we live. I just, yeah, I'm over it. I'm over all of it. I'm ready to get out. I'm gonna like... It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It isn't. But there is... Like, to flip the coin, there's just so much, there's so much art, there's so much community, there's so much, you know, to be happy and grateful for. All my friends are here, so I know that would suck, like, but my sister lives in Colorado. Yeah. So it's like, I wouldn't necessarily be going to nothing, um, and she would hate if I said I was. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) don't listen, Beth. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I I don't know. I'm very much like pros and cons. I am further away from my friends, but I think over the pandemic, we sort of learned to be comfortable with digital. And, yeah, or like, just like be comfortable with not seeing people like so much. Play Jackbox and shit. Yeah. Um, which is nice. Um, yeah. Also, Texas is just fucking insane and dangerous. Like, getting more and more dangerous. Yeah, I bought a, a pride flag to, to hang this year, you know, in my own space, being able to kind of decorate the way that I wanted. And uh, a friend came over and they were like, oh, why don't you hang it in the front window? I said, because I don't want a brick to come through after it, you know? Right. <laughs> like, and that's because I live, like, in Montrose, but I live, like, on West Alabama, Somebody could, like, see that on the sidewalk and just, like, come and punch my window. could see it driving through. Yeah. And then just come back. Fully. You know? Um, are you going to Pride this year? I am, I think. I, I'm not, I don't know. I, I think I'm going out after, like, I'm going out, for sure. Probably Friday, Saturday, and Sunday I will be drug out. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I'm going to go to Pride, uh, just because I have to work. So on right. Friday I work from nine to six. On Saturday I work from ten to five. Ooh. On Sunday I work from one to five. So like I could make it, 
But like, what else would be going on? Exactly. At that time, it's like. Well, and it's also cost money this year. Uh, that's not that big of a deal to me. Like, it's like five bucks. It's to get in. Ten dollars at the door, everybody. Ten dollars at the door. Ten dollars at, at the door. Buy your pride tickets. It's early. very, it's very blur vibes. Yes. Very ten dollars at the door. Um. Oh my God, blur. Uh. I'm like, I'm going, meeting friends there, but it's just like I also am. So I'm going to a birthday brunch prior. Mm-hmm. So I won't be getting there until like three. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm literally like, as as cynical and as awful as it is, I'm like, okay, if anything awful and terrible is going to happen, it's going to happen earlier oh on Oh my day. god, don't say that. Is that, like, I... That's the world we live in, but... That's the world we live that's in. Kind of, that's kind of sad. Like, literally, so Joshua isn't going. Mm-hmm. Because of that? Because of that, oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, he's also spending the rest of the day with his friend who brunch, birthday mm-hmm. brunch we're going to. So he's celebrating birthday with uh, his friend. Gotcha. But that is also like a, him very much saying, hey, please, please, please be careful. Like, yeah. if you see anything, get out. Like, Oh, yeah. Which, it's so scary that we live in a world where that is like, Oh, that's always a possibility. Like, I'm, like, like, constantly, like, movie theater, like, I haven't been, that's why I, like, don't go to the movies so much. It's, like, I think about that all the time. Movies. Obviously, I think about, like, people, like, seeing where I live and, like, clubs, you know, doing something bad, going to bars, going to clubs, you know, on the way to and from the car, like, am I recognizing, you know, anybody just, like, very, too, walking, or walking by or driving by, like, too slowly, like, Oh, fully walking you know, around watching. drag. Yeah. Whenever I would like do stuff at JR's mm-hmm. which I haven't done partially because it's a lot of time in the other half is because my face is fucked up mm-hmm. um I there would be constant fear of me like fully just getting hate crimed getting sure. hate crimed yep yep it's it's not like can't walk around thinking that it's not a possibility can't be like a doomist either but like I do have a good time and I am like pretty carefree for the most part like walking around the neighborhood because all of the bars are right there but like i have had friends that have been assaulted i have just very closely been you know or been close to somebody who has been you know just not had a good time like it's 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 definitely a reality that can happen you just have to be you know be an adult be you know on on your alert you know don't just sit in your car don't leave anything in your car. Don't leave anything out, you know. Just be an adult. But also have fun. But also, let your friends know where you are. Correct, yes. At all times. If you can go out with friends, go out with friends. Don't go out by yourself. Yes. Because that's super fucking dangerous. text somebody that you are going out. Share your location with that mm. person. So that if you're like, wind up ten blocks from the club or something... Um, they can ask you, like, oh, hey, did you meet somebody? Did you go home with anybody? Are this, you this, in that? the trunk? Are you okay? You know? Right. Just have a, oh, check in by 11, or, you know, I'll call you at 11. If, yeah. if you don't, you know, if you don't hear from me, you know, try to blow up my phone or call so-and-so. You know, they're also out. Things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you also do photography. I do. I know you keep pitching that to me. I'm, like, horrible at talking about it. Um, 
I do photography on the side at the moment. I kind of have never done it full time because I like to enjoy it. Um, and I like will field projects and shoots and stuff like that instead of kind of trying to do everything and overwhelming myself right. and not making it the way that I want to have it exactly. Um, more recently, it has been my brother got married, um, so I shot his wedding. Cute. Um, my coworker from my old office uh, got married, so I shot her wedding. Um, there was somebody reached out. His name is Andrew um, on Instagram and wanted me to shoot an event that he was having at some mall in Sugarland. Um, I think he's kind of a director or ish for Michael Kors. Oh. So they did like a they set up like a a runway. Oh um, yeah, I think I saw those pictures. in there. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, so it's just little projects here and there. The last like shoot I actually did was probably that milk bath shoot. Yeah. Um, with that one model, which that was so fun. Um, of course, you know, the, just all that work is happening like at a time. Like all that w- wedding stuff was like basically the, within the last month. Um, but that milk bath shoot was really fun just because I want to like make queer work. Yeah. Or like be a little bit more, you know, out there, like, if somebody approached me that, like, had an OnlyFans or something like that, like, I wouldn't be against making, like, tasteful content, you know, in that realm, just because it is, sex work is work, um, and it can it also me, be art. Makes me think about the, like, burlesque. Oh, yeah, like, all of that stuff like, would be fun Any of the photographers shoot. that do, like, burlesque photography. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about, like, boudoir? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yes. But yeah, um, I've been approached about that too. I just think that I just need to feel things out a little bit more. But I'd love to do more stuff like that last shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just haven't had time because I've been editing these weddings. Like that stuff kind of takes me out for a while. For a little while, because I am touching everything like uh, like one by one, and then I'm working a full time job. So I just haven't had time to kind of set up any other projects, but. I also did meet models at the Michael Kors thing, which was really fun. Um, so I like have been networking with them a little bit, right. following them on Instagram. So like you know having chit chats about like when I'm free, when they're free, what kind of work we want to make, things like that. That's awesome. Want to get back into shooting uh, or doing modeling stuff because that was always super fun. What sort of got you into it? Um, I getting into photography, I kind of have a bad memory anybody who actually knows me knows that like my short term is just is just really bad it's shot um but uh i was kind of getting into it out of the fear of like um kind of forgetting about like high school and things like that I was very nostalgic as i'm still very like a nostalgic person right so um in like freshman year sophomore year i was very interested in like picking up a camera and i had agreed to go on this uh, study abroad thing. Um, so I was like, oh, I want a nice camera to like take with me. So I was working, I was working to purchase that, finally did. And then I started shooting uh, bands, like my friends that were playing music um, in high school. Shout out to Carson Cebulski, um and Broken Dreamboat. Um, Broken Dreamboat. We're shooting their band kind of like wherever they were playing um not only you know supporting the band and loving the music and everything like that but that and then i kind of started shooting 
because I was also on the swim team at the time. Right. So I'm shooting a little bit of that. And then um, I wanted to be on the school's newspaper, but I was like one of two people who applied for that class. So they dropped it all together. So that, that school year, I think, was one of the first years we didn't have like a newspaper or like a newsletter that had come out uh, like clockwork. So Right. But the person who taught that um, was like, oh, hey, you know, if you want to be on yearbook, like, you just have, like, you have a spot. Like, I know you've been in my photojournalism class. Like, I know that your work is good. So just, you know, let me know if you're interested. So I was like, oh, yeah, totally. So that's how I got into doing yearbook. So that's when I started shooting sports. So football, basketball, baseball, softball water polo, swim, soccer, like all the sports, all the sports, all the sports that the school had to offer. I was at the majority of those games photographing, uh, the people, the students that were there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, theater. So like all the plays that we used to have any student assembly stuff, like spirit days, all that stuff. So all that stuff got photographed and pep rallies and Yes. So all that stuff at school was getting shot like that. And then I was also working. And then um, I was also, because I had established a little bit of a portfolio shooting my friends' bands, I was also asking or requesting for us for like larger artists. And right. sometimes that would get greenlit, which is really cool. Um, so I started building my portfolio that way, which I would love to work for like a... Um, an outlet or something, a magazine, which I've been, uh, which I tried the other day to, to reach out, which that, I think it's, it's going to work out eventually. I just need to pour more time into making sure that, um, I'm following up with that contact, uh, so that they will send me on assignment, uh, right. for concerts and stuff like that. Um, hasn't happened yet though, but, uh, normally I'm reaching out to the band itself or their manager, um, or the tour manager, and they will usually get me press. Um, and then I'm just shooting and sending them that stuff. It's, like, mainly for fun. Most of the time, like, I'm not going to get rich doing um, doing tour photography, doing, uh, like, it would be weddings and stuff like that that would make money so that you can turn around and, like, do the fun stuff. But What's what's the average cost for a wedding? Oh God, uh, for for me or for everybody, <laughs> for the average cost for a wedding photographer in Houston is probably if they're if they're charging correctly for the time and the amount of time they're gonna spend to edit all of that stuff and deliver it, whether it be a physical product um, or digital files. Yeah, I would say anywhere anywhere between like twenty five hundred dollars and four thousand dollars for the wedding photographer. And talk to Joshua. And then, it's, <laughs> and then it's um the package they offer like different packages and stuff like that right um for me it's uh if you know me you're welcome because i'll probably just come and shoot your wedding and that is kind of the gift basically um that's a pretty big gift yeah that or i'll shoot it for something flat which is just way below what you know it's worth yeah um but i'm also having fun like it's fun for me to walk around in a room with a camera and, you know, make sure that everything is being recorded correctly and, you know, uh, sincerely. Right. Um, instead of, you know, watching somebody who, you know, is a third party or, you know, doesn't know the friends, the family, like I do, doesn't know that, you know, the 
the dynamic that you have as a couple, you know, things like that. Right. Which I've turned down weddings because I don't like, I don't see those people as like people I would be friends with or like people that, you know, it's like a transactional, I will not shoot a wedding if I don't like have a good vibe or like mesh well with the people. Cause I'll typically invite a couple out for coffee or, you know, we'll go to dinner or something like that. And I will like ask questions about, you know, how comfortable they are with this, that, the other, um, how their family dynamic is set up. Like, is their mom crazy? Like, what is <laughs> like, who am I going to have to fist fight on that day in order to do things the way that I want to do them? You know, how's the wedding coordinator? What does that look like? Right. Um, how much time are you willing to allot on that day instead of, you know, passing around tables and kissing relatives and stuff like that? Are you going to spend on being alone with me so that your bridals get shot and they look good? Or like the couple's pictures that need to happen look good or, you know, we're running through a shot list of like, hey, you and your immediate family, him and his immediate family, you and your mom, you and his dad, blah, 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 like all of that, you know, if you want that to happen, that's fine. If you, and that's like, it's my job to make sure that that happens. But if, you know, you want the day to be recorded, you know, pretty genuinely and like everyone's just doing, you know, having fun and doing their own thing. Like that's more what I prefer. Um, We can do the majority of the traditional. And for the most part, I need time to, you know, have you guys alone, you know, because I want you to, I want to take pictures that you'll remember and not run through the motions of, checking off you know a shot list i i honestly i can kind of appreciate that just because it's like it's a special moment and having sort of just those group photos after oh, after yeah. the wedding you and don't all look that at stuff, those like you really don't give a shit ain't nobody looking at that y'all i know that whenever my sister got married the photographer was basically in the uh the bridal room and was basically taking candid shots of mm-hmm. my sister with her bridesmaids yeah and my sister with my mom yeah and that stuff i enjoy i'm more of a candid like on the fly kind of photographer so like i like shooting concerts i like shooting you know bands in the green room i like right you know it's very on the fly like what's happening and not Hey, can I get you over here to look to do this so that it looks like this? It's not, and there's nothing wrong with you know shooting portraits and making sure that it's planned so that you do get a desired effect. But like, is that you know what's happening in the moment? Yeah, do something else. So that's how I like to approach weddings, and I think that people who are hiring me to shoot their wedding, when you go to my website, I don't care that you see concert stuff first. Yeah. Like, you need to know that I come from that first, rather than, like, I'm only shooting weddings. Because, like, you'll see, like, on my website pretty much everything, which is any other professional photographer will tell you, obviously, to narrow it down to what you're, what the client is going to want, you know. If they're going to have you shoot their wedding, have a website that's only your wedding stuff, you know. If they're going yeah. to do, you know, this or that, you know, you approach the website and it's only this or that. And I'm like, I just don't have the mental capacity to have like three or four different websites or like pages that don't lead to other pages. It's like, this is the work that I make. Like, do you like it? This concert stuff is a concert stuff. Portraiture is this, 
the modeling stuff is this, the wedding stuff is this, like, I think if you're a really good photographer, you can shoot everything. I mean, you I think do. you shot my professional, my professional <laughs> portraits. I think, <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, I shot your, several years ago. your LinkedIn picture, I think, yeah. is, is mine, is my picture. Um, but yeah, I think if you're doing it well, like, you're just gonna, you're gonna be able to do anything well, you know, if you learned, you know, the basics, you can kind of fit yourself into doing pretty much any, you can walk into a room with a camera and with some gear and make something happen. Right. You can make it look good. What do you think your favorite sort of photography memory would be? Mm. Favorite event? I like meeting people that I really enjoy, like, whose work I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, meeting um, Josiah Van Dien, who is uh, a concert photographer out of Florida, um, who kind of got bigger on, um, like, Warp Tour. And that's, like, when I was younger, like, that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to go out and shoot Warp Tour when it was in my city and then find a band that would let me go with them and kind of, you know, do the rest of the route. Um, luckily I didn't have to do that. Um, I got connected with Josiah via like Tumblr and, um, he was out with we, the Kings here in Houston, invited me out to the show. I was literally working at Best Buy and had to do inventory that night so I that couldn't was even a long time ago. A very long time ago. <laughs> I couldn't even go to the show. I and that's the thing, I didn't care to go to the show, though I do like We the Kings. Shout out We the Kings, but I wanted to meet him, you know, and talk to yeah. him and get a couple minutes with him. So, um, came out at like five or six and the doors were at like seven or eight. So we got to spend a little time together. I got to ask all my questions kind of in person and like get to meet him and, you know, kind of be friends for a little bit. Uh, go eat and then I had to bounce and go to work but after that interaction um, anytime was anytime that he was in town uh, whether it was Warped or some other artist he would always you know say that he's coming into town we'd hang out you know where we could but we're really good friends now Um, he just kind of got out of tour photography recently he was shooting for uh, Sean Mendez Oh, wow. For like the last five years, which that all that work is just so good. <laughs> it's so it's so good and it's so personable. Yeah. Um, so meeting Josiah is probably like my favorite thing that's ever come out of like the concert photography realm. Um, also working with uh, Adam L. Macias and um, taking the workshop, uh, taking Ashley Osborne's workshop at Warped. That was really fun. Um and then apprenticing a little bit or like shooting behind the scenes stuff for Thomas Falcone um, for like a, a journeys ad yeah. that happened. So I've done like all of this cool stuff just because, you know, people saw that I was enthusiastic, you know, saw that I had like some get up and go and that I was kind of putting myself out there so that I could get opportunities like that. They just gave them to me, you know, right. they, they put me on, you know. And I appreciate all of that. I appreciate all those people. They're still making stellar work. You know, it's very fun to log on Instagram and see, you know, at who everyone is working with. Like, it's crazy. Like, from those days to now, like, just the, who these people are working with is just crazy. Like, 
Big Sean, uh, Jesse J, like, it's just, it's kind of wild. <laughs> um, but enough name dropping. Um, <laughs> name she popular. She is, uh, she's not even popular. Like, all of those other people are popular. No, I'm talking about you, bitch. I know, I'm talking <laughs> about them. All these other people are just, they're just so talented <laughs> that I just, you know, I'm constantly appreciating kind of what the work that they're putting out. Yeah. And just, like, the work ethic that they have. Because I didn't, you know, I didn't quit my desk job to go and do that. Which, there's still time, and there's still opportunities, and, um... Well, and now you have all those connections that... Yeah, like... That actually, like... It, it could happen. It, the, like, references. Yeah. It, it could happen. Those people, those people know that I'm, like, very interested in, in getting out there and everything, but I've had a desk job for the last what five six years and then before that i was waiting tables and doing photo on the side so i've never stopped but for me right now photography is just like having fun or kind of seeing things a different way or putting myself in a room with somebody i wouldn't you know normally put myself in a room with and right making something doing something um but yeah if you could uh take a picture with or not with I mean, if if you wanted to do with, um, if you could take a picture of anybody, who would you take a picture of? Oh my god! And do a good job. <laughs> if if someone, if the dream person hired you to take pictures mm. of them or for them, um, who would it be? Though there are like just any 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 person that I'm gonna say right now just has that person already and they probably have been established with that person for a while. Right. But I'd love to um I'd love to photograph Maggie Rogers or like be on that on that tour. Mm-hmm. Um Maggie Rogers, um anybody else come to my Young the Giant, mm-hmm. Holy Hell. Um Paramore. Paramore is the answer. I mean yeah. Paramore is the final answer. But <laughs> just like that'd be so fucking fun. Yes, like just growing up and listening to all that music. One, being a fan, but two, just like knowing the style of work that normally happens. Like that winds up getting produced from those concerts, and you know, for t-shirts and stuff like that. Like right. I've seen all of that. I can't remember this guy's name, and it's bugging me. Um, but there was a guy who did like all of their concert photography stuff. Um, while from like warped until. You know, now he's been going to shows and stuff like that. I don't know what that man's name is. I'm so sorry. I have a print of yours. But um, <laughs> um, I would love to be that man or like, you know, not take his job, but but shoot alongside that person or like be that Fully go-to. Tanya Harding. Exactly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, not that. But, um, but yeah, I'd love to just be in the pit with these people. I, yeah. sh- I did not, but shout out to Greg Noir, like, um, holy shit. That's like one of him and Todd Spoff, shout out to both of those shooters here in Houston. I would be an idiot to not mention those two guys. Um, Todd is now working, was a concert photographer for the longest time and has shown me his, his backlog and all of his work, like on Warped and stuff like that. All of that yeah. stuff is so cool. Um, but he's like an artistic director for, um... For Academy now. Oh, shit. And those ads look really good now. <laughs> those print ads, uh, they just have so much more, like, personality and, you know, art direction. 
Um, I think it's that and like some of the commercials he's helping doing all of that. So shout out to Todd. Um, and then I fully saw someone I know doing something with Academy ads. Uh huh. Recently. Yeah, I mean, if they like hired models, super recently. If they hired models, it's probably it's probably a project to do with that man. Um, Interesting. I hear he runs a really fun set, or I can see that he runs a really fun set, and he'd just be super cool to work for. Yeah. Um, but Greg is, Greg's work is just so, so good. Um, that's probably, like, one of the best shooters, like, out there in the game, period. Yeah. But, like, coming out of Houston, that is the man. Like, he is the man. Um, yeah, just shout out to Greg. Shout out to Greg. <laughs> um... What is your worst photography experience? Oh my god. Oh. Um, ooh, okay. Um, so, what is Beyonce's dad's name? I am drawing a blank. I have, like, trauma from this. Um. (laughs) You have trauma from Beyonce's dad? Yes. Um, he runs, like, a, like, almost like a star search. I don't know if that's what it's called, but he Uh, runs- Matthew Knowles. Matthew Knowles. Shout out to Matthew Knowles. Please don't hate me. Um, and then I'm sure I'm on like a kill list Beyonce has somewhere. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, but Stan the Queen. Um, anywho, um, <laughs> there's like this workshop thing that happens at the George R. Brown Convention Center. And um, like artists kind of from everywhere, not only local, will go there. And it's like a, an industry like thing. Yeah. Like, they teach you how to market yourself, they teach you how to find an agent if you want one, they teach you how to brand yourself, um, so there's all of these, like, uh, panels that you can go to, um, so I think I had a friend that was doing video work, Jeremy Knight, mm-hmm. shout out to Jeremy Knight, um, doing video work for, uh, for them, or doing, like, an interview, um, kind of thing there, uh, but they needed... Uh, behind the scenes stuff so i did the pictures and stills for that and then they were like oh um mr Knowles is speaking on a panel you should probably go because he's heading this whole thing like you should go and uh take pictures and i was like oh yeah sure that's like that sounds like a crazy opportunity to me so i went over to the room where he was speaking um and i was kind of waiting for a pause in order to walk into the room and take a seat somewhere in the crowd so i could you know shoot from the crowd yeah. And this guy had, I guess, gotten a phone call, um, gotten a phone call on his cell phone. It was a flip phone back then. Um, so he let it ring for a couple of times, like while someone was talking and, or while Mr. Knowles was talking oh and that guy took the phone out and started talking on the phone during this panel What the fuck? and like everyone was looking at him. So he like got up and slowly started leaving. And then I guess... To Mr. Knowles, I looked like that man. So as that man was leaving, walking out the door, I was walking in and I I was seeing him leave. So I went to take his chair since it was the closest to the stage. Yeah. So I went and I sat in his chair and then I was trying to get Mr. Knowles speaking on the panel. So I lifted my camera, which is like a bigger lens from where I'm sitting and he stood up out of his chair and said, yelled, erase his voice, so sorry, not yelled. Oh, so you're just going to take pictures of me now? 
Oh my god. So I was like, oh my god, I thought they knew, I thought everybody knew that I was coming, like, I thought, like, what's, you know, what did I do, like, I, and I, you know, I looked at him, and I said yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, like, I'm, you know, I'm with the, I had a badge and everything, like, I'm media, I'm with the, I'm with the thing, you know, like, yeah. we're here shooting this thing. So I didn't want to, like, go on too long or say, you know, try to explain myself, because obviously something, there was something going on that I didn't know. Right. So I, like, packed my bag and got the hell out of there. So I, like, walked out and was like, hey, did I do something? And um, somebody who was running the panel, like, having people come and go, was like, oh, my God, you look like the person who was on the phone in here earlier. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, literally also, because you said it was, like, a chair, like, one of the seats close I took to the his, front. No, I took his chair. I took that man's chair. Like, close to the front. Yes. So, he literally... Uh, it was a couple rows back. But, so, but I mean, when close, I lift... He's not back seat. I, I did need to use that longer lens in order to get a good picture. But, yeah. So, it was, it was a distance. But for him to just, like, stand up and, like, look me dead in the face, I wonder if I still have those pictures somewhere. Oh, my God. And say, like, oh, are you just gonna... And give me the crazy eyes and just, like... Oh, you're just going to take pictures of me? And me, like, look from behind my camera and say, yeah, like, yes, I have, you know, it's yeah, my job. This, this I have to. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. I'm so sorry. Um, maybe that should have been the embarrassing story. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, um, that's probably, like, my worst nightmare. Just, like, photographing somebody who doesn't want to be photographed, you know, even though they are who they are, you know. Yeah. I never want to make somebody feel uncomfortable or, you know, right. Over, overstep in any way. So like, as soon as he said that, and I was like, kind of, I knew that I was like kind of in a gray area. I just packed my shit and left. I was like, okay, well that's not where I want to be or like how I want to feel. So I'm like, I'm out. Right. So I just went and did something else and was like avoiding him for the rest of the day, which was just, so you avoided Beyonce's dad. Yeah. So Beyonce's dad. <laughs> doesn't doesn't like me if i if i had the opportunity to explain it to him i'm sure he would be you know sweet as a peach about I mean, it i bet someone from the organization i highly doubt anybody explained that to him <laughs> no i highly doubt anybody was like oh no that person worked for us like not it was not that guy like this man if he remembers that moment which i highly doubt which no He's got so much, so much else. What if he does? So what much else going on. Burned into his I would memory. love to explain that moment to him, but I don't well, know. Well, you the just did. If he ever happens oh, yeah. to listen to Better Love Done Set. Sure. That, I... that would be how I know I'm winning. Beyonce's mm-hmm. uh, dad listens right. to my millennial-ass podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're out there, Beyonce, just, you know, just take me off the kill list. Oh my god. The blacklist. Yeah. Um, you're gonna get black bag. Or the hive is gonna come for me. Do they do they really like her? They don't really like her dad though, I don't think. Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah, I I think think I mean there have been several songs um I think written about her dad. Mm -hmm. So um it's kind of funny because I feel like this is timely, um, with your story. Mm -hmm. Um the old idiom of pictures worth a thousand words. I imagine your your picture of a very angry Matthew Knowles. Oh, I'm wondering where that stuff is now. Like, <laughs> I've done so much stuff in, on the in-between of that. 
I would love to look at that and see, like, if he was angry. Like, I think he, I remember him being very upset. So I was like, oh, God, like, I'm not wanting to be the person who upsets this man. Right. Like, he's running this whole thing. Like, I gotta get out of here. (laughs) I mean, and also, I think just photography in general has that sort of capability of storytelling. Mm Mm-hmm without necessarily like from a singular image oh just like oh you're talking about like looking at that picture and trying to get the gist of what's going on which is there's just a behind the picture there's a gray area like i would love to know where the guy on the because the guy on the phone is just like out there living life right now i know or maybe he's dead good for him <laughs> but, maybe maybe that was the karma yeah maybe that's it but Anywho, he walked out of that room on the phone, and he just did not think twice. Like, he's gone. This, see, you heard it here. Be careful what rooms you take calls in and walk out of. You could totally be kind of fucking with someone's career. Yeah. First of all, don't fucking take a phone call during a panel where the only thing that you should be doing is listening to the person speaking. Right. Well, it's like, why are you there? Why are you there? Like, if you're not going to listen. If you can't silence that phone call, why are you there? Um, what is some advice you would give up-and-coming photographers, people starting out? Up-and-coming? Am I I in a place to give advice? I feel Um, like you are. You have connections. Um. You're a professional photography hobbyist. (laughs) (laughs) I would say shoot all the time. Like, I have struggled with. Like, when I first got started, it was learning the settings and shooting in manual and, like, learning, like, walking into a room and knowing what the settings would be for, you know, being able to take a picture in that room at all. Better yet, a better picture or a good picture in that room. Right. You know? So, I would just say learn your camera back and forth and just, you can, you know, buy a shitty used DSLR because it's all, and pour money into, like, your lenses and glass because you just need to learn how everything works first and then you can kind of venture off from there. Like you don't need, especially these days, you need to spend like, y'all, like I bought a $40, like a, a Nikon D40 at a, at a estate sale for $15. Like go, go to those things, like find like cheap cameras cheap digital cameras it just needs to be e a like a dslr like a like nicer bigger camera right um that you can take the lens off of and switch and stuff like that because all of the dynamics are the same like we're learning the iso which is the light sensitivity or the shutter speed which is going to be how you capture action or the aperture which is going to be how many things are going to be in focus and how like open the lenses to receiving light like all that stuff can be learned on a shitty 15 dollar camera you can learn that shit on a point and shoot. You I really can. Really need to get a new charger for my camera because <laughs> I have a DSLR uh, Canon that I just have not used in many years mm-hmm. since I graduated. Yeah. And like, dust that shit off, y'all. Like, you spent probably a good five to seven hundred dollars if you did on a nicer camera. Like, dust it off, carry it around. Like, if you want nice pictures, you're carrying around, like, a bigger camera, you know. Though, you can also be just, like, an iPhone photographer, which plenty of people's Instagrams are just, like, just what you can get with an iPhone, which is interesting, but... 
I feel like if I'm hiring people for like wedding photography, oh, and yeah. they're like, oh yes, I take it all on my probably iPhone twelve S or whatever. Probably I'd couldn't get like, away with that. I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, probably couldn't get away with that. But um, but as far as like learning, um, right. all of those step, all of those things are there, and like. YouTube is, like, a really big resource. Um, I didn't pour myself into YouTube as probably as much as I needed to, but uh, when I first got started, I was just carrying a camera everywhere. Like, all of that first, the first year of pictures, it's, I feel like if there's, like, a little bit more oomph when you, like, learn, when you teach yourself, you know, when you're, like, you have happy accidents where you get the settings correct and, you know, or you take the picture that you really, really wanted to take and no one helped you. Right. You know, no one said, you know, it needs to be like this or it needs to be like that or, you know, you should have done this or should have did that. It's like you take the picture and you're 100%, 200% completely happy with how it turned out and you did it. It's like that is what keeps you, that's what keeps you in it, you know, right. taking that next good picture. It's not like focusing on the next good picture, but like knowing that you have the know how or the knowledge to take the next good picture, you know, you're trusting yourself to get the settings right and to, and if you don't, you're getting something, you know, interesting at least. Yeah. I feel like that's the dream for any sort of artsy person is creating something and being like oh, super yeah. pleased with it and seeing it like seeing other people react to it. Because I know one day whenever I design shit, I'd be super pleased to see it in some you know, oh, yeah. bullshit Target. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, it's, I don't get like a ton of, and I don't really post anymore. Um, so much stuff on Instagram, like I used to, Yeah. but like that used to be the, the high, like the high for a concert photographer is going to the show, shooting, you know, getting pictures, shooting and knowing that you got something good going home, uh, or cracking your laptop at a coffee shop, like super late night, editing a couple pictures, sharing that stuff to social media and having the artist, you know, themselves reshare that work. Right. And like, you know, or, you know, DM you and give you high praise about, you know, the picture that you took at their show. Um, and the, the fact that the turnaround was so fast, like that's the, that's the job if you were to get it. But like the satisfaction of that is like what people are, people like me, that's what you're looking for. You're wanting you right. know, to capture the moment to, show other people that and then have the person who created the moment uh, or the environment for that say, Oh yeah, that's exactly how it was. Or like, that's, that's my show. That's right. my, that's my show. That's my brand. That's my vibe. Like those are my fans. Like this is an accurate depiction of, you know, the night, you know, I, I feel like I'll know when I make it as a podcaster, when I get sponsored by Francia, <laughs> the wine comes. Yes. Well, the box wine company i am on their instagram really i am interesting for a new year's post that they did probably like you mentioned uh, it like in the podcast three three years ago did you mention it in the podcast and that's like why or no i just want them to i've i i have fully tweeted at them uh-huh. so many times uh-huh. i just want them to uh to sponsor me because one i want sponsors because you know money is nice um two i feel like it just kind of 
have like that sense of like <sighs> like comfortable humor. What do you mean? Franzi is if you have ever seen Franzia's Instagram, I'm telling this to everybody, go look at Franzia's Instagram. They post funny ass shit. Uh-huh. Where they will literally go to people other people's Instagram pages, ask them for their content. If it's Franzia related, like uh-huh. people dressing up as box wine for uh- Halloween, <laughs> they will post that shit on their Instagram. That's perfect. And shout out to their media is, team. There is literally a gift that they made of a photo shoot that I had done for my 25th birthday uh-huh. where I'm in Herman Park. Franzia is at the far side of a bench. Uh-huh. I'm at the other side. And literally the photo is just me getting closer and closer to the box wine. Uh-huh. And they posted it on their Instagram as a gift. And they were like, we want to spend the New Year's with someone who loves Franzi as much as this guy does. Oh my god. Famous. Like, Franzi and Nomi. Yeah, that's, and that's fun. That's the same thing, like, working with an artist, like a concert or like a, you know, band or this or that is one thing. And then working with a brand, you know, right. like that stuff for Michael Kors, like there is a check coming in the mail that is going to have my name and Michael Kors names, like they're going to be on the same check. Like that to me is so crazy. That's like amazing though. It's very interesting to like, to do work and then have the company, like the company itself, like it and then cut a check right, with your name on it. Um, J.C. Penny, Perry Ellis, um, all of that stuff was done through like influencers, um, but like they cut the check, you know. Right. Um, but all that stuff was super fun. I would like to get into like as cheesy as it was, like in the age of like influencers, like becoming a thing. Um, that was a lot of photo work that was happening. Um, shout out to Travis White um, and Matthew God, Cooper. Name dropping. Um, constantly. <laughs> there's a lot of people that I like appreciate in like my photo career and like my journey would be nothing without you know right. be nothing without subjects you know like I take pictures of things and people and who are interesting and you know all of those friendships and connections like they all mean something yeah so um, Travis wound up moving to Austin but before then with his wife um, um, and before that we were shooting so much um like branded style like influencery like work if you scroll farther down on my instagram you'll see all of that stuff but um that stuff was so fun to like get off of work like my regular job pick up my camera bag and go you know shoot you know pretty handsome devil um but in all of these like nice clothes you right. know doing whatever um and just have having worked just having something to work on all the time like yeah. I really enjoyed that. And then having the turnaround be like, oh, hey, they sent us this stuff. We need to post it here in the next two days. So, like, we're going to plan the shoot in between those that time frame. Um, shoot it, edit it, you know, get it back so that he could post it. And then, you know, have the brand reshare it. Like, all that stuff's, you know, it's, it's fun to work on or have, like, a deadline, you know, for smaller stuff like that like watches and accessories and necklaces and pants and shoes and shirts and whatever it was. Um, it's just fun to work with, you know, all those companies. Right. Um, the last thing mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to talk about, cause I thought it would be funny. Um, what advice would you give 
people on dating apps whenever they take their photos? Oh. Um, hmm. I've made a larger joke about this. Um, anybody who's listening to this, reach out to me. Because um, <laughs> I'm, like, on... On, like... Not, I'm not on everything right now, so don't drag me. But, like... <laughs> on tinder on bumble on you know a lot of those pictures aren't like i don't take you know like uh pictures with my big camera of myself um but like hire somebody like hire a photographer to take a couple headshots of you it's like i promise like somebody with a camera just like needs they need a subject you know right. like reach out to your friend that has the camera reach out to your friend that you know wants to start doing photography like let them take your picture you know if they're bad so what like you know I mean, you, they can't be any worse than you taking, you know... Correct. Headless, headless torso selfies. Yes. I will also take those pictures. Take your, <laughs> take your shirt off. Um, <laughs> get, get in the Take your bag. shirt off. Yes. No. Uh, or that. Yes. Um, but um, reach out to somebody who will take those pictures for you, you know? Like, right. be comfortable. Go sit at a coffee shop. Like, look... Or go do the things that you're saying in your profile that you like to fucking do. You know, like, people are like, oh, I like to go hiking. And then it's pictures of them sitting in their apartment. It's like, go fucking do some of those things that you say that you like to go do. Like, go out. Like, remember that you, you know, want to display that, you know, you like going out with your friends at the bar. Like, take a selfie with your friends and, you know, post that to your dating profile. Like, look as friendly as you actually are. Look as outgoing as you actually are. Like, and also don't don't lie. Like, if you like to be alone by yourself, like, post pictures alone by yourself, like, playing video games or something like that, or reading a book, or you know, whatever that looks like, give an accurate depiction of your life. Right. Be real. Yes. And if you have a dog... You should probably take a picture of your yourself yeah. with your dog. People yeah. do like to see that you're either a dog or a cat person. Um, I'm an animal person for anybody... Anybody wondering? Um, She's gonna plug her tender. Sure. Reach out <laughs> to me, y'all. I don't think I'm even on Tinder. I'm on Bumble and Grinder right now. Oh, Grinder. Oh, Grinder. Those were the days. I mean, those are the days right now. <laughs> they are the days right now. It's funny. Um, and that, that's it's just so weird how that, like, relationship with that particular app everybody listening uh, <laughs> how it has just like matured and gotten more like it is exactly what you take out of it or put oh, into yeah. it like that that app is like a weird like weird like magic mirror i fully knew that whenever i would use grinder if i wanted a hookup mm -hmm. i would fully post like as my picture, a sideways picture of me shirtless in the bathroom, mm -hmm. just because I may be white, but I got a big ass. <laughs> I got a thick you've ass. Heard it here you've heard <laughs> it here first, folks. She thick. She thick. Um, but the sort of like opposite side of that coin is I'm also in large part a top. So it's basically you're inviting just letting the people know. I'm basically you're, inviting you're, people. I'm I'm sure you've addressed this on one of your many other episodes. Oh yeah, your your orientation. Everybody knows me. <laughs> Everybody knows me far. Everybody too who's well. listening this to this podcast is just very well aware. Too well. 
listen to episode number one. You oh, learn even more. Um, but literally, it was either getting. You can morph it into either or. On, like on that, like it was can... getting like attractive men who were into me, mm-hmm. but because they thought mm-hmm. they could do me, mm-hmm. which I'd like shut down pretty immediately and uh-huh. be like, uh, sorry, I don't know you like that. We can do the reverse, but I don't, I don't know you like that. <laughs> okay. So the other, the other side of that is fine, but just not that. Gotcha. I feel like there's a certain amount of trust involved that is I necessary. agree, actually, with that. I agree that there is a certain amount of trust that needs to happen between that position. Yeah. Which, God bless. God bless the bottoms, y'all. Like... <laughs> Here's the thing. I will there's in a lot no of work way that goes involved. ever bottom shame because that shit is very difficult. <laughs> Especially if you don't do it that often. Mm-hmm. And all the prep that goes into that. There is quite a bit. It's a lot of prep and it's not, it's not the prettiest prep in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so like 100% won't bottom shame. But here's the thing. Y'all bitches don't be top shaming either. Okay. <laughs> not everybody is a top because they're lazy. <laughs> top shaming. Oh my God. Hashtag trauma. The range of this, the subject matter in this podcast. I love just... her tangent just this is just a bag full of tangents yeah that's gonna be uh part of the title card bag full of tangents bag full of tangents sure i'm about it (laughs) um but thank you for joining me oh of course i will definitely be listening to this episode available to come back and of course wondering what parts of this you cut out so that i don't sound like a psychopath i may not cut out any but (laughs) we'll see I don't think you sound like a psychopath. Okay. I think you sound pretty mellow and down to earth. Okay. Compared to some people I've had on. Let's ask the audience. Put it on Twitter, babes. Put it on Twitter. At me. Is Danny a psychopath? Um, let's see. Well, anyone wondering? Yes, share your, share your, uh. Your handles. Um, my handle on Instagram is DannyHPhoto. Um, my handle on Twitter, which is water. I actually don't want it. Never mind. I'm not gonna share that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> my, <laughs> don't go looking for it. Um, my uh my website is uh, Danny H Photos with an S dot com. Um, other than that, I don't really think there's much else. I'm like spend the majority of my like online time on instagram um and then i'm always looking for people to look at my website um so yeah those two articles there links will be posted oh yay wait what are you doing (laughs) okay oh no poor nimbus oh nimbus we can cut that out (laughs) yeah he he is uh he has a penchant for drama in in the form of uh (laughs) throwing up whenever he's upset um if y'all want to uh catch the latest episode of better left unsaid you can find it at betterleftunsaid.podbean.com 
If you want to follow us on Instagram or on Twitter, uh, Instagram is BL underscore unsaid. Uh, Twitter is BL unsaid dot podcast. Or no, I think it's just BL unsaid podcast. Do you want to make this sure? This is my life. Do you want to make sure? This is my life right now. Oh my god. I literally have to write it down sometimes. My Venmo is also um, Danny H. Photo. <laughs> Anybody feels like um, sending me something, please. Please tip. Just tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. Um, it is. It's at BL Unsaid Podcast. Okay. There is no underscore or no dot. Um, yes, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it is bl unsaid podcast and you can leave reviews and subscribe so if you want to leave reviews and subscribe you can leave reviews on spotify on apple Podcasts, on podbean you can literally leave them almost anywhere please do we love kind words um leave some five star reviews make sure you subscribe so you're always up to date with the latest episodes and if you want to leave a one-star review, uh, go ahead and skip the review process and just send us an email with a gigantic one-star just so we, we we see it and we don't miss it. Um, and then go fuck yourself. And then go fuck yourself. Uh, along with theme ideas and or embarrassing stories of your own that you wish us to share. Um but you can send those emails to blunsaid.podcast at gmail.com. Boop. There you go. Bye-bye. Bye. Bang.